0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.
1: Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 28. It's summer and David and I have just arrived at the Tar Steps in Exmoor National Park for another grand day out in Devon. Should we go?
2: Yeah, let's go. Uh, not much room to get out.
1: Yeah, it's, I parked a bit tight. <laughs> So we've just parked the car and we are walking down this kind of old track into the valley. It's super amazing. We can see woodland to our left. There's sort of a field just in front of it and just rolling hills on and on beyond. We haven't been very well prepared today. Um, (laughs) We just realized we've got one bar on the battery and I bought some hummus and crisp breads to eat in the car and they spilled everywhere because the hummus got turned over in my bag. Oh, look, there they are. That was quick. Yeah, it's a short, very short walk from the car park. Hour drive and
2: a five minute walk. <laughs>
1: yeah. Lots of people enjoying an ice cream. So, we are just crossing the tar steps, which are basically like these giant flat slabs that are placed on top of other rocks. It's sort of if Stonehenge was a bridge, I would say. <laughs> And there is a really wide but shallow river running on either side that kind of forks into two behind us. I was almost scared that they were going to sort of give way underneath us, which is ridiculous because they've been there for thousands of years. But they just they don't seem, even though they weigh a couple of tons each, uh, they don't seem that sturdy. Everything's just placed like a Jenga (laughs) puzzle.
2: So how old is it 2,000 years?
1: Let me get my facts.
2: By looking into your brain is that? How uh, I'm
1: not that knowledgeable. I've got them saved in notes. So the tar steps is an ancient clapper bridge it's the longest and oldest of its kind in britain
2: what's a clapper bridge
1: a clapper bridge is formed by arranging huge slabs over stacks of stones this technique has allowed people to form bridges over shallow streams and fords long before stone arches and cementing methods were understood so this was way before any kind of bridge as we would know it today it's just placing stones on top of other stones
2: presumably it comes into its own during the winter time because at the moment it seems a a little bit redundant well
1: i mean not really you'd have to get across i mean i suppose if you had a horse and cart and things you could get across but yeah in the winter time i imagine the river is raging i think they've had to rebuild it quite a few times because storms oh. have sort of pushed it all away and knocked it away there's no definite date, but some date it back as far as 1000 BCE of the Bronze Age. The official listing is the medieval period, because they can't prove how long it's been. There have been prehistoric tracks uncovered around the bridge, but then that doesn't prove that that's when the bridge was built. So one theory of its age is the name. Dates back to the place name association of Tar, which is the Celtic Tokar or Toa, meaning causeway, meaning across the water. Local legend has it that the steps were first laid by the devil. Why? <laughs> Obviously, the locals of the time weren't too happy to have the devil in their midst, particularly as he wouldn't allow anyone to cross. Witnesses observed a black cat attempting the crossing, only to disappear in a puff of smoke midway. When they
2: say, like, legend has it or whatever, was this actually a legend or was it just a couple of absolute idiots? Because why would you be like, oh, that bridge that is really helpful and useful and lets us get across the uh, stream really easily, especially during wintertime. Yeah, devil built that.
1: Wait for this the local vicar somewhat bravely decided to try his luck following a mid-bridge confrontation with the devil himself with much gesticulating and intimidation the devil backed down
2: okay so now it makes sense this story was made up by the vicar
1: people were scared to cross it because they saw a cat disappear in a puff of smoke and then the vicar came to everybody's aid
2: yeah but who put that in their head to begin with the vicar he shows up and said like, i heard that bridge is so devil on there puts it in their minds and then it's like don't worry i'll brave the bridge
1: and then just walks to the middle and starts gesticulating and exactly, having an argument yeah. with no one it was subsequently agreed that anyone could cross unharmed he did however request the right to sunbathe on the stones should he fancy it mm-hmm. this vicar was on one <laughs> Was that in the nude? Like, do you come down and the vicar's sunning himself, and he's like, "I fought the devil for this right, so jog on." Well, that dog's having a great time. <laughs> So, it's a natural nature reserve that we're surrounded by. The Tar Steps were an ancient medieval woodland pasture. They get over 40,000 visitors a year just to come and see and it. And they're all
2: here right now.
1: It does seem that way, yeah. It is quite busy. But it's amazing that the bridge is the oldest and longest of its kind in the whole of Britain. I mean, it is pretty long. Um nice.
2: Kind of long. The length
1: across is 50 meters.
2: It kind of looks like a big spine made of stones. It
1: does, yeah. Each slab is one to two tons, and the largest slab is 2.5 by 1.5 meters. So we should plan our walk now that we've actually gone across the bridge. Public Bridal Way, Parsonage Farm, Westwater Wait, Farm. Wait, are you saying
2: there's even more to see?
1: There's even more to see. So there's a path that we can walk around and see everything, all the local wildlife and offerings. This would be so much better if we had a dog, by the way, just saying. But, you know, I'm wearing you down, slowly, slowly chipping away at the hard outer shell. So we're just walking alongside the River Baal and we saw this kind of rope bridge. We thought it was a bridge and we thought this is the less treaded bridge across the river. Um, But I just saw the sign. It says this is not a bridge, but is designed to catch fallen trees in flood conditions. Please do not allow children to play on it. There are some huge ancient trees surrounding where we are now. And I can just imagine in times of storms and when the river is raging, giant trees going down the river they're obviously trying to protect the tar steps from being sort of knocked about by any large debris but it's so peaceful apart from all the barking dogs and hordes of people it's so peaceful on this little trail there's the sound of the river there's birds tweeting lots of trees dappled sunlight it's beautiful isn't it it's fine david's hard to impress So we were walking along the shallow parts of the river Bowl and then we went up a path and now we're sort of looking down on it. There's a bit of a sheer drop, um, but we can see it winding around. There's lots of people playing in the river, kids skimming stones and hanging out having picnics. But David, I've got some wildlife facts for you. So this river is actually perfect for Atlantic salmon and it's where they come to spawn. They need clean, cool, well-oxygenated water and clean gravel on the riverbed for spawning. These are the exact conditions that are on the river Baal. The salmon actually come here and mate from October to April. So it'll be starting soon. And then they swim out to sea and they can go as far as Greenland. Wow. Yeah. Mosses, liverworts and lichens have international significance here. I don't know what that means. I guess if that's your bag, people around the world know that this place is pretty good for that.
2: If that's your bag, what do you mean like lichen fans?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They flourish in clean, damp air, which I suppose is exactly what this is. We're in the middle of Exmoor. The air is very clean. We're near a river. It's very damp. Also, it's North Devon. It's quite damp here anyway, isn't it? Red deer... Dormice, and the rare Barberstelle bat and otter reside here. So, David, I've got some bad facts. <laughs> okay. The distinctive bat... The style looks unlike any other. It has large ears that meet in the middle, a flattened face with a pug-like nose, and dark silky fur with white tips. This bat's Latin name, Barbastella, translates as starbeard, referring to the white hairs which grow on their lips. Starbeard. Yeah, it sounds like a pirate name. It
2: sounds like a prog rock
1: band. <laughs> It measures four to five centimetres in length and has a wingspan of around 26 centimetres. Barbastelle bats enjoy a diet of moths, midges and beetles. Found in deciduous woodland and areas with water, there are thought to be as few as 5,000 in the UK. So they're exceedingly rare.
2: Do you reckon we'll uh, see them?
1: No, it's 1pm. <laughs> We're going to have to hang oh, out here. Barbastelle, Betty, Betty bats! Wow, you're a bat whisperer.
2: I'm not convinced there are any here because I can't see any. <laughs>
1: There's only 5,000 in the UK. I think you'd, only the biggest bat fans would have to stay here with their eyes peeled, hoping to even get a glimpse. They're not just going to show up because you shout batty bat, bat, bat.
2: There ain't no bigger bat fan than me. I <laughs> love bats.
1: You've and... had no interest in bats until I started this section on the podcast for bat facts.
2: It's a catchy jingle. That's the thing. It's yeah. a very catchy jingle.
1: Gets you. Nope. Don't hit your toe and fall to your death. Okay. <laughs> There's kind of an old stone wall that's sort of built into the path that we're walking over. I wonder how old these paths are. They probably date back hundreds of years as well.
2: Yeah, but what doesn't in Britain, am I right?
1: Yeah, water looks quite deep down there. I'm hoping this path leads to a Devonshire cream tea because I've got a hankering for some buns. <laughs>
2: Well, it looks like your prayers have been answered uh, bun wise because I think there's some uh, old people swimming naked.
1: Just no, up ahead. they're not. I can see an old man wading across the water. I think his swimming trunks are the same color as his skin, or at least I'm hoping that's what I'm seeing. Is it cold? Yes. <laughs> <Can> Is word? <laughs> You can always count on British people to be swimming in the water. It's not even warm today.
2: And this is Tar Bridge 2.
1: <laughs> there are some steps. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think somebody was jealous of the other Tar steps and just recreated some further down.
2: The stones that make up the path here seem to be specifically placed to maximize ankle breakage
1: <laughs> yeah i've nearly tripped a couple of times you have got to make sure you're watching where you put your foot oh my god well david you were saying that money doesn't grow on trees well what's this
2: it's money growing on trees
1: <laughs> we've just come up to all these fallen logs and they're absolutely peppered with coins that have been hammered in. This is so amazing. So I did look up why they do this. It's a wishing tree and it's studded with coins that's hammered in by villagers and tourists with the help of stones. People used to believe that sticking a coin into a wishing tree would pass an illness to the tree and onto the person that pulled the coin out again. The custom goes back to the beginning of the 18th century where an oak wish tree in the Scottish Highlands gained fame with Queen Victoria visiting it in 1877.
2: I mean these are absolutely covered. It's like dragon skin. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen seen in a tree i had to add that it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen in a tree obviously not full stop i yeah. <laughs> seen lots of weird things i've been married to you for 14 years
1: hey <laughs> it is unbelievable and guess what i brought
2: oh have you got pliers so we can pull all the coins out and get rich
1: oh you brought a coin right yeah that makes more sense <laughs> i brought a coin a two pence piece uh, to hammer in somewhere so now we've just got to find a hole and a stone Oh, somebody's put a euro in there um. Hmm, maybe you should do the hammering There you go, there's a stone This is where David injures himself More <laughs> Amazing Yeah God, you really took the corner off Hammering that bad boy in Yay, we left our mark Isn't that cool? suppose what we have done by hammering in the coin is uh passing our illness onto the tree Um, enjoy
2: being sad every day you dumb tree
1: (laughs) i think if we had brought pliers we'd be very unwell that's the idea isn't it is to stop people from stealing it it's a bit of an old wives tale to stop people from stealing the coins you'll get an illness I mean, it's mostly one piece and two piece and very, very worn away. I
2: mean, listen, I worked in a shop. There would be customers coming in with bags of coins that look like this. Really? (laughs) Yeah. The most I ever had to count of one piece and two piece, 14 pound.
1: No. Yeah.
2: I think we shouldn't have pennies.
1: There's a news story on the radio um, that said that 50 million pounds worth of coins is tied up in people's houses. Because nobody wants to carry cash anymore. Why would you? Other than to put your two pence piece in the log on the Tar Steps walk. <laughs> so we've just finished up at the Tar Steps. We've done the round circular walk and I spy somewhere for lunch. There's some little old wooden steps going up to a sort of cottage and I can see there are picnic tables up there and I think I spy somebody with a cream tea.
2: Oh, here we
1: go. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to need one after climbing up these steps. So we found a spot to sit and eat and we're actually up on a picnic table overlooking the tar steps and the river.
2: Yep. More importantly, we've got some beers.
1: Very large heads on. Here we go. Cheers. How? I don't know how to drink it. Is it foam moustache? Is that the it way to go? has to be, yeah. So we've just finished our chickpea burgers, and I think David's just had his first decent vegetarian burger since we've been in Devon.
2: It had kind of a like a curry taste to it. Yeah,
1: spiced chickpea burger, I had it as well, and it was really nice, but I only ate half because a cream tea has just arrived. That's a cream tea, all right. <laughs> we've got two big buns, a huge pot of jam, and a big pot of clotted cream. It's not huge like the jam, but it's pretty big, and I'm looking forward to smothering the buns.
2: So you keep calling them... Buns. What's going on?
1: Well, they're scones, aren't they? So why are you calling them buns? Oh, my bad. God, mum's going to get me for this on mum chat. Scones. I've got two scones. They definitely look homemade. They look incredible with jam and cream. So I'm about to cut into them. Now, I cannot stress this enough. It is cream first and then jam, and I won't have any words said about it. I know that it has split Devon and Cornwall into two sides. People like to other each other, and they love the jam first. But to me, it has to be cream first, then jam, the Devonshire way.
2: It couldn't matter less. It's a lot of cream.
1: Yeah, I like to have it quite thick. I like it to be an equal ratio of the bun size and the cream and the jam, so it's kind of like a triple threat. Are you going to have one? A bite. bite. (laughs) Okay. That is incredible. The scone is so light and it's got kind of a saltiness. And then the cream is obviously so creamy and thick and rich. And then the jam is super sweet. Strawberry jam. Absolutely. Incredibly delicious. Mm. So we just finished lunch at the Tar Farm Inn and we've just driven out of town. We're driving across Exmoor and we just had to stop because there were some cows crossing the road. They just didn't give two hoots. They were in the road and there were lots of little baby cows in underneath the tree seeking some shelter. And I think from my conversations with mum that they were Devon Ruby Reds because they were a deep... Brown colour.
0: We
2: also saw some horses just running about.
1: Yes, Devon, uh, no, Exmoor ponies. So they are wild horses that live on Exmoor and they help uh, keep everything quite short. So they chew down on all the kind of grass and the bracken and the heathers and they just live wild on the moor. The sun is shining, but it's a really cool breeze. And we have a 360 degree view of hillside, basically. It's quite hazy in the distance, but you can see dappled sunlight across this kind of patchwork quilt of fields and woodland. And it just almost doesn't look real. It looks like a painting. It's absolutely incredible. So we're at home. We have finished our day out. We're ending the day with a nice cocktail on the terrace. David's made some rum cocktails. I'm sitting on the grass, which is an AstroTurf square that is (laughs) in our bungalow. We had an amazing day out at the Tar Steps, which is owned by the National Trust. I thought it might be important to add for our international listeners what the National Trust is. It's a charitable organization and sort of membership program. They own, I think, about 250,000 hectares of land across the uk and hectares hectares and stretches of coastline and basically it just upkeeps all of the land so everywhere you go today we had to pay a three pound parking fee and it's just covered to keep up the costs of everything making sure it's nice and so that everyone can visit
2: and we have to go to all of that land for the podcast is that right
1: no david we're just gonna focus on devon Right. The National Trust owns land all over the kingdom.
2: So we we have to go everywhere in Devon? Yes. Oh okay. <laughs> Did you enjoy your cream tea?
1: I really enjoyed my cream tea although I still feel so full now I don't think I'm going to be able to eat dinner but yeah it was pretty full-on pretty tasty
2: I took a picture of you in front of your cream tea and some lady behind us was like do you want me to take a picture of the both of you
1: David couldn't have said no quicker he (laughs) shot back no that's okay okay oh got it got it One day, one day I'll get a picture of me and David together And then I can finally replace the stock photos in all our picture frames In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at BackToEarthPodcast On Twitter at BackToEarthPod And on TikTok at BackToEarthCharlie Music is by John Day Artwork is by Eric Chow And this episode was edited by David Knight Thank you, thank you, thank you all And if you're supporting us on Patreon Stay tuned for our off-show series, Hashtag Farm Life This week we'll be talking about the National Trust Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitelyhuman